Tonight I'm going to do something just a little bit differently. I'm going to talk for a shorter period of time so that I can leave some time in this period to hear a little bit from you about your experiences on this particular theme that I'm going to speak about. So I'm going to talk for a little while just some about some ideas around the theme of balance and to explore together what this concept means of balance for us and see what comes together both with my introduction to the theme and then what you offer about your own insights and experiences around this particular theme. I know, I know for me that at times, and I know you feel the same way, that oftentimes life can really feel like a hassle. Now, it's <laughs> just a, as you know, as we all experience, life just doesn't go the way we'd like it to go. And we're continually needing to make adjustments for the way the conditions are changing all the time. And that can, sometimes it can just be so frustrating to have to just keep making these adjustments again and again for all the different changes that life throws up for us. Just to give you a, um, a little example, well, like for, for us today here in the, in the house, there were many different changes of temperature. Now, this morning and at different times, it was very, very cold. And then the managers put the heat on for us, and then it warmed up. And then people started taking their blankets off and <laughs> sweaters off, and the window, some of the windows opened. And then it got really cold again. You know, all the blankets go back on, and the sweaters go back on. You know, and it, and it, it went like that a few different times today. Well, on the three months, I just sat a three-month retreat at the Insight Meditation Society in Massachusetts in America. And it was a very, very cold winter there, an early winter, and started in November. And sometimes the temperature would fluctuate almost 20 to 30 degrees in one, in, in three or four hours. And the... Uh, the heater at the center isn't um, the way it is here that you set it to go on at certain times. It, it adjusts according to the temperature outside so that if it gets warmer outside, then the heat goes off inside and then the building uh, gets colder. And as the building gets colder, then the heat will come back on. It's all kind of mechanical, depending on the temperature inside and outside and the effect that has. So the heat can come on and go off and come on and go off. And what I found myself being, you know, very sensitive in, in a meditative, meditative kind of um, mind state, I was so sensitive to the hot and the cold, and it just seemed like with all these changes of temperatures outside of 20 or 30 degrees, and then the fluctuating temperature inside, 
that when it got warmer outside and it got colder in the building, so then we'd have to put more clothes on in the building, even though we wanted to go outside and it was warmer. So we had to take more clothes off to go outside. And then when it got colder outside, then it would get warmer inside. And sometimes it would get so hot, <laughs> then we'd be taking all our clothes off, even though it was very cold outside. And I remember just getting, I had so much aversion building up to this, <laughs> having to make these constant adjustments uh, with my body temperature, putting lots of sweaters on and then taking them off and putting them on. I mean, but something, you know, something so ordinary, just something that, you know, we have to do in life. We have to make these kinds of adjustments. When the body gets too cold, then we put clothes on. When it gets too warm, we take them off. But there can be, the mind can be reactive. The mind can be, you know, in a real state of feeling like, this is just a hassle. I don't want to be doing this. I don't want these changes to keep happening like this. You know, the mind can pick up on the littlest thing and get into a reactive state over it. So we see that the mind seems to swing with these adjustments that we have to make to the changes that were, it's constant, constant demands to the changing conditions of life. One of my teachers, Sharon Salzberg, who um, is one of the co-founders of the Insight Meditation Society, just published this wonderful book on uh, loving kindness, the revolutionary art of happiness. It just came out this Christmas. And I wanted to read just a a few passages as I'm going along in the talk. She says, In six months, even in one day or one hour, we can experience so many extremes of pleasure and pain. The question is, how can a human heart, my heart or your heart, absorb the continual, unremitting contrast of this life without feeling shattered? and thinking that we cannot bear it. Battered by changes, the heart and mind can become brittle and rigid. It can wither and shrink. The Buddha said that our hearts can wilt as a flower does when it has been out of the sun too long. Have you ever encountered this feeling? How can we live with such changes? How can we hold them all with some sense of wholeness, coherence, harmony, Can we actually experience freedom in the midst of all these immense changes as they roll through our lives over and over again? Can we actually be happy in this continuous arising and passing away? So in a way, this is what we're being asked to do. You know, how can we find some kind of balance in the face of all this change? all these demands that are being made on us, moment to moment. And yet since life is, life means out of balance, life means out of balance, all these changes, one extreme to another extreme, constantly. So since life means out of balance, then we need to (coughs) practice balance in ourselves. Because otherwise the mind just gets pulled by all this, all the likes and dislikes and all the changes here and there. And it's like it has no 
stable ground. It has nowhere to rest. It is just moving all around with all these changes here and there and liking and disliking. Where is the rest? Where is the peace? So this is where the practice really helps us and points us back to some kind of center, some which I like to call the place of zero. You know, some, some place where we can come back to and rest and find peace in the midst of all this. In the teachings of the Buddha, this particular practice is called upekkha. In Pali, it's called upekkha. And this, is, this means equanimity. This is the practice of equanimity. And it's, it's one of the four divine abodes, one of the four Brahma-viharas, meaning Brahma-viharas, the homes of the Brahma, the home of the Brahmas. And, and, and the equanimity, that balance of mind, is one of the divine abodes. The others are metta, the metta practice that we've been doing here, Karuna, which means compassion, a compassionate heart. The third is Murita, which means sympathetic joy or being able to feel the joy for somebody else's happiness. Not an easy thing, feeling the joy for somebody else's happiness and equanimity. So we practice these different aspects of the heart to cultivate these qualities in ourselves more and more. Equanimity means balance. And the characteristic of equanimity is to arrest the mind, to stop the mind before it falls into extremes. Before it falls into extremes. Because we can see how easy it is for the mind, because of the habits of mind, the tendencies, the conditions in our lives, for the habit to fall into extremes one way or the other. And so the practice of equanimity, which really is the mindfulness practice, awareness practice, it embraces all of these Brahma Viharas. It helps us to arrest the mind before it falls into the extreme. Equanimity is a spacious stillness of mind, a radiant calm that allows us to be present with the different changes. It's that aspect of the mind which allows us to be present in the face of all this change and the demands that are asked of us moment to moment. When a few summers ago, my father always had a a boat, a rather large boat. Um, When I was growing up, as I was growing up, the boat got larger and larger over time. Not a sailboat, a motorboat. And a few years ago, when he was out on the boat, he had had a flying bridge. He had to go up on top of the boat, and that's where uh, where he steered the boat and the compass was there. And I was 
had been reflecting on these teachings of um, coming to balance, coming to center. And I was so fascinated because I was watching him steer the boat. And what I could see is that the boat, the compass showed that the boat was always off course. The boat, it's, the compass is, it's never going straight. What happens is that if you just let the boat go, it'll either veer to the right or it'll veer to the left. And the job of the person steering the boat is to bring it back to center. So if it goes a little bit off to the left, before it gets too far off into the extreme and out of control, you steer it back to the center, to the, to the center point in the compass. And you hold it very gently, very lightly, the steering wheel very lightly, and then the boat starts veering off the other direction, to the right. And before it goes off too far to the extreme, then you just gently steer it back. And it's very, and, and then I did it for a little while, and it was very relaxing. Just holding the steering wheel very, very lightly, and then just when it went off a little bit to the right, just bringing it back to the left off to the left, a little bit back to the right. Ah, this, is, this is meditation practice. This is all we're doing. It has nothing to do with keeping the boat on course, meaning that it's not allowed to go to the right or left, because that's in defiance of nature. That's not... That's not <laughs> we, can't, we can't keep anything fixed. We can't do that, although that's what the mind wants. The mind feels some kind of satisfaction when it's in control. But then life pushes things off to the other direction. And then it pushes it to the opposite direction. But all we need to do is just gently bring it back. Just gently bring it back. If I would have gotten angry, why does this boat keep going to the right? Why does it keep going to the left? You know, it's supposed to stay on course. You know, I mean, that's actually what we do. We get upset. We don't want things to veer off, off what we call off course and going in the wrong direction. It's just nature. It's just nature. It's the flow. It's the movement. It's the flux of nature. Always changing, always in motion. But what we do is just come back to center. We forget that life is this continuum of extremes, from extreme pain all the way to extreme pleasure. That is what this life holds for us. And to be open to life, to be connected to life, means to experience these extremes. Mm-hmm. But the question is, can we experience, experience them without being in reactivity, without wanting it to be different? Because that seems to be the difficulty. We always want it to be different. Most people don't want to deal with this issue whatsoever. Most people on this planet, they want to find some way to just numb out. (laughs) 
I don't want to feel any of this. And so what we have is a fairly addicted society. You know, it's just people who are addicted to TV, to drugs, to alcohol, to different kinds of substances, um, to overindulgences and sensual pleasures, always seeking out the next pleasure, the next pleasure, the next pleasure. I mean, this is really what moves most of our culture, most of our society. And and maybe it's not even so extreme. Maybe the addictions aren't so extreme. Maybe it's just something you could even see in your own mind. Just the tendency to dull out. I don't want to deal with it. Or even just to go off into some fantasy. You know, this is much better. This is much more pleasurable. I don't want to be sitting with this pain in my knee. You know, I don't want to be feeling the cold in this room. You know, and just visualize a nice tropical island, sandy white beaches. (laughs) And we're gone. Hmm? We don't have to deal with the pain in the knee for a few minutes. We get these temporary reliefs, temporary relief from the unpleasantness. But we're not really living. We're not really living. We're not fully connected. There's this really funny little um, joke that Sharon points out in here. Um, She says, normally we live with a level of denial that deadens us. A friend once related this story. His father was a young child, driving with his own father in in a car on December 7, 1941. A sudden announcement came over the car radio. The Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor. Immediately, my friend's grandfather leaned over and said urgently to his son, Don't tell your mother. (laughs) I mean, isn't that just great? (laughs) You know, we just want to keep things, keep things away, you know? But here, we're really asked to embrace, to embrace what is to come back to what is, even though at times it's hard, hard to even imagine that the painful, difficult times are part of the whole, that they are part of the totality of things, and to feel as connected to the painful times as we do when it's joyful and pleasurable. Yet our life is, as the Taoists say, 10,000 joys, and 10,000 sorrows. This is what we're dealing with. But we know and we can see here on the retreat, you've all had these moments of seeing that when we can allow for the pain as well as the pleasure, we can discover right in the heart of that difficulty a real freedom a real letting go, letting go of our usual resistance, our usual holding, our usual way of keeping things away and denying. 
we really feel connected. We really feel present in our life, and we're not lost in our reactivity, in our resistance. What we find is that the reaction, our reaction and our resistance, is actually more painful than what it is that we're reacting to. Sometimes it can just be a little sensation in the knee, but there's so much resistance. It's like the whole body is in contraction just to that little sensation. But when we say, okay, let go and soften and relax in, and we see it's this little sensation. But there can be so much resistance to it. I've seen this a number of times in my meditation practice not even knowing what it is I was reacting to, but just feeling all this tension, all this contraction, and asking myself, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And then really looking, going inside, and just feeling just some point of uncomfortable sensation in my back or my knee. It's just been amazing to see how the mind can get so reactive to something so simple. So the more we look and the more we investigate, we can see that our suffering really comes from our reactivity and our resistance to life. And the more we can let go and soften, we can just be more easy with these 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows. We come more and more into the acceptance of what is. And we stop trying to control that which is uncontrollable. Again, Sharon says, Equanimity strength derives from a combination of understanding and trust. It is based on understanding that the conflict and frustration we feel when we can't control the world doesn't come from our inability to do so, but rather from the fact that we we are trying to control the uncontrollable. We know better than to try to prevent the seasons from changing or the tide from coming in. Following autumn, winter comes. We We may not prefer it, but we trust it because we understand and accept its rightful place in the larger cycle, a bigger picture. Can we apply the same wise balance to the cycles and tides of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral experiences in our lives. To see things as they are, to see the changing nature, to see the impermanence, to see that constant flow of pleasant and painful events outside of our control, that is freedom. That is freedom. When we work with the equanimity as a practice, it also has some phrases that one can repeat. And to keep it very, very simple, something that's helped me a lot is when I'm finding myself in some resistance and some reactivity, is to use the phrase, things are as they are. Things are as they are. You're just coming back to that simple remembering that things are as they are. 
And this repetition of this phrase, using this phrase in reactivity and reaction, is a practice, a practice we can develop of coming back to center, coming back to balance when we find ourselves getting angry that life is going off course that life is doing what it naturally does, and that is to be out of balance. So just to remind ourselves that things are as they are. So I'd like to open it up just for a little bit and... Just have people say whatever might have stirred for you in listening to the talk and if there's anything you may want to say to the group about your own experience in working with the reactive mind or letting go, coming to balance, anything you may have seen in yourself over these days that you may want to share. And this isn't a time for any comment. Nothing will be said one way or the other about what you say, but more of a time for you just to share something from your own truth, from your own heart, speaking into the silence, and then going back into the silence and not to speak about not to speak about anybody else's experience either but just to say something about what you see in yourself or something that you know to be true in yourself and what this does is you know rather than the wisdom appearing as if it sits up here it shows that all of us are the holders of wisdom. And each of us have something to share, something to give to the collective wisdom that we all share. It's not owned by anybody in particular. Every one of us are owners of wisdom. So we can help each other and share together in that way sharing our truth. So when you say something, I may or may not reflect back to you what you've said, you know, just for clarity, or, but just to say something about your experience. It may not be easy to talk in such a large group after being so quiet, but you can <laughs> invite invite your voice. <laughs> Um, 
that tank to to just allow things to be as they are and to be off course one way or another. <laughs> um, because my own experience is just that I'm desperately trying to control things so that I'm not off course, so I'm not wrong, mm -hmm. basically, um, or mistaken, or whatever. So yeah, it seems like it takes a lot of courage and, and um, <laughs> humility. But yet, that's the way it is. So we're asked to be courageous, humble, and what was the other? Uh, trusting? No. Was there something else? Sounds like there were three. Courageous, humble, and 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 taking risks. And taking between the change the positive change and not ex and, and not accepting and not accepting that which you see in yourself that isn't moving in the positive way hmm? is that what you mean it's like accepting and not accepting you're saying that 
Well, I, I think it's even um, just a false view, you know, when I look <coughs> at it. The desire for transformation when we speak about that, you know, what are we doing here? We're wanting to transform how how we are, how mm-hmm. we see ourselves. Um, and that then can bring in all that language of positive, negative, mm-hmm. right, right. 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 You know, get lost in the world of opinions. Right. Turn mm. yourself into a critic rather than an observer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And that can all get rather murky. Caught, you're, yeah. you're trying to keep up with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know what happens, and just the images came to me, when the boat starts going to the left, if there's nobody in control, it just keeps going. Yeah. And then it'll just start spinning. Huh? It just starts to spin. <laughs> just like we do <laughs> when there's nobody in the driver's seat <laughs> right Waves and at the helm, we also had the spinnaker up. 
big low shape and you really have to concentrate when you have a scanner because you try to keep on course and the waves which were behind that because they were big sort of moving the boat all the time and at the same time the sail has to be filled at a certain angle or depth in a tangle and the wind is moving so the boat is moving like this <laughs> and like that and the waves are coming at an angle and the wind is and you're so I tend to sort of 
look at the kind of more painful aspect of things, I tend to sort of notice those more, or, or from the past, mm-hmm. I notice those a little more. And um, it's almost like there's, there's this kind of aversion. I don't want those sorts of experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to control things so that I don't have those experiences and so that everything's nice and even and um, in actual fact it isn't. So your strategy hasn't worked? No. Oh, I invite you. <laughs> She's sitting squirming over there. Um, 
see it bleeding and kind of not necessarily beautiful, but it's still beautiful. There's some kind of balance there, and it always manages to right itself. It always, you know, when we come along and cry our roads through, where countryside, it always manages to fight back and mm -hmm. start growing back through the cracks. Yeah. And yeah. And it, it, it can always fight back. Harmony, feeling in harmony. Mm -hmm. Just talking about nature just reminds me of um, in the autumn watching the trees and the leaves dying and um, dropping off. There's always a few leaves that. Although they're dead, they'll stay there all winter. They, they hang on. And, um, I don't know, because we, we try and do that as well with our dead bits. Some of our dead bits, we try and do that. They stick, you mean? They can yeah, just stick. Yeah, you don't want to let go of them. Yeah, so, maybe they're coming and you still get the dead bits there. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm just um, thinking about what balance is for me. And it seems to me it's more at the moment, just what I'm working with, that, that it, it's something to do with being connected to all the bits, whether going to the left or going to the right, but somehow feeling a sense of living from inside rather than projecting outside onto something. I've spent the last few years trying to get my partner to move to Australia with me and he's finally agreed and in fact he's got a job there and I'm petrified. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.